Hi again, and uh, good morning, and uh, welcome uh, to Greater Alton Church. It's good to be with you again this morning. Um, I was watching a Facebook uh, video of a mechanic restoring a hi ho, and it's one of those things that digs, you know, ditches and holes and stuff. It's a great big one. It, it, this thing was a hundred thousand dollar piece of equipment that had been sitting in the woods for sixteen years. And so this guy on Facebook has got his phone in his hand and he's saying, follow me back. I'm walking back to this place. There's supposed to be this hi-ho. And, and uh, he's telling, telling the viewers uh, that uh, the guy who bought this land says, if I can get it running, I can have it. And so we get to follow him and what he does. And so he starts looking at, the, at it and it, it, it is a disaster. I mean, this thing has been sitting back in this place for 16 years. So there's woods has grown, regrown vines are everywhere. The thing is covered in rust. The, the cab where you operate it, all the glass is broken out. And so there's debris and leaves and all kinds of varmints and things. And, uh, you look at it and you think, why is it there? Uh, it's like it must have broke down or something or, or someone just gave up hope on it and just walked away. And this guy, as he works on this thing, he gets it running and is driving it out in three days. Is that amazing? He said he could fix it for about $3,000. I was fascinated. Now, for some of you, I know that the elements of this pandemic, like the elements of that, of the woods around that, uh, ba- uh, that high hope, this pandemic has taken its toll, uh, possibly on your health, your finances, your faith, and probably your hope. Look what the Bible says here in, in uh, Psalms uh, 42. This is David speaking, and David is, is, uh, notices something about himself. Look what he says. He goes, why am I so sad? Why am I so troubled? I put my hope in God, and once again I will praise Him, my Savior and my God. You know, David's asking himself, what's wrong with me? You ever done that? Just, why, am I, why do I feel the way I do? And Maybe during this pandemic, I've, I've asked myself that. You know, why am I down? Why am I... I feel a little anxious. Uh, I feel disturbed. Um, I don't feel like celebrating. I don't feel like being excited about anything right now. Well, I noticed something about David. Overriding his feelings, he decides that I'm going to hope in God. He decides, without feeling like it, I'm going to put my hope in God. And notice he says, and once again. I love those three words. And once again. You know that, what that is implying is that there's a restoration taking, a place, taking place. There's something he's returning to. Something's being renewed. And it's his praise and his excitement for God. And he does that by deciding to put his hope in God. Even though the circumstances may say otherwise, and they may seem hopeless, he puts his hope in God. What a lesson for us, huh? Yeah. See, God wants you and I to have hope. He wants you to be excited. And he wants you to be joyful and have joy in the toughest of times, even during this pandemic. Now, I was looking at the early Christians and and researching this, and and I noticed something. Early Christians experienced trials and hardships, but it wasn't a pandemic. It was a persecution. This thing lasted for 300 years. And I happened to notice something else. Every letter that was written in the New Testament to a church touches over and over again on this idea of hope. Let me give you an example. James, look what he writes. And this is during a tough time in the, in, in the time of a Christian. 
in the early church. He goes, you must be patient. He says, you got to hang in there. You've got to endure. And he says, keep your hopes high. He's saying, don't give up hope. You know, give your hope to God. Give your trust to God. And why is that? Well, it's because hope can get you through anything. I mean, think about that. Um, I, th- I think about POWs, because they have hope, can get through, a, through years of torture. Uh, hope has been proven to help patients not only deal with physical pain and endure physical pain, but overcome disease. Doctors have told us for years that some of the best medicine you can give someone is hope. You know, without hope, we give up. Well, where does hope come from? You know, a lot of people put their hope in lots of things. They might put their hope in, a, in the government. They might put their hope in their, their money, their bank account. They might put their hope in some uh, you know, flamboyant or flashy personality. Put their hope in their spouse. Where does real hope come from? Well, let me tell you, if you want to know what hope is based on, it's based on your faith in what God says and what He promises. Look at this passage here that Paul gives to the church in Rome. He, he makes a point about Abraham. He goes, there was no hope that Abraham would have children, but Abraham believed God and continued to hope. And that is why he became the father of many nations. As God told him, you'll have many descendants. You know, the one translation says, against all hope, Abraham believed and put his hope in God. And notice where his hope is coming from. It's from what God has said. God told him, promised him, he would have as many descendants as the stars in the sky and the sand, the grains of sand on the beach. And so he believed that. That's where his hope come from. Here again in Romans, uh, Paul would go on to say in chapter 15, verse 4, look what it says here. Everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that we could have hope. You know, I never noticed that. I always thought things were written in the past so that we could learn and we could grow, we could see some things. But one of the major reasons, the Bible, we have the Bible, and all these stories in the Old Testament are written is to give you and I hope. He says that hope comes from the patience and encouragement that the Scriptures give us. See, hope is based on what I know. I got to thinking, if I'm clueless, to what God says, I'm going to be hopeless. I, right now, you know, I, I've, I found myself the other day discovering this. I had spent so much time watching the news. Uh, this was last year. Reading stuff on my phone, looking at the latest numbers, looking at politics, you know, 2020. <laughs> and some people believe it's spilled, it's, it has spilled over to 2021, but that's another matter. But, you know, I, I, I remember looking, watching the news, watching all the news feeds, watching the media. And I found my, my hope kind of just, my, my Christian perspective was, was somehow being affected. I wasn't thinking so much about what God said, but what does Carlson Tucker think? Or Lou Dobbs? Or Anderson on CNN? Or, or the latest Facebook page? Or what is the CDC saying? And then I, that's when I decided I was going to get back in my daily Bible. And that's what I've been doing. And I've found something. I've discovered something. And that is that my Christian perspective is being renewed. And so is my hope. 
my hope seems to be refreshed from this. And I'm so glad I'm practicing that. You know, again, we get this from what God says, what He promises. That's what we get hope from. So today I just want to give you four reasons that you can hope. And they're based on what God says. Let's get into them. Number one, I can hope because God says my difficulties have a shelf life. You know, no problem comes to stay. I heard this said this week. No problem comes to stay. It comes to pass. And that's true. Ecclesiastes Solomon discovered this. He said everything on earth has its own time. And notice what it says. And its own season. Right now we're in the winter. We've got some snow. Won't be long. It'll be spring. Time to get the gardens going. And then summer. And then fall. And like the changing seasons that have a beginning and an end, life, everything in life, everything that happens to us, they have beginnings and ends too. I realize that wars have beginnings and ends. They come and go. Losing streaks finally come to an end. Snow melts away. Pandemics don't last. So everything that you and I encounter, the trouble, the hardship, the things that that are difficult, that disturb us, it gives, it gives us hope to know they have a shelf life. There's an expiration date. One day that problem will pass. Even if you have that problem for a lifetime, you say, well, what if I have it my whole life? When you die and you go to be with Jesus, that problem sticks, stays here. It doesn't, it doesn't go with you. It comes to an end. First John, John said this in 1 John 2, the world is passing away with all its desires. But the person who does the will of God remains forever. You see, as, as a believer, the great thing about having Christ, the great thing about having a relationship with God is He gives us hope. He gives us such great hope, see? Because we now see, and you can see, you start looking at your life in the light of eternity. And you start focusing on the will, the will of God over the headlines of the day. And when I, when I begin to do that, when I begin to put my hope in God and I start realizing my difficulties are only here a short time, then I learn, I learn this, that I can and I will outlast my problems because everything around me, the trouble and the hardship I face, they will pass away. I love what Paul says here to the church of Corinth. He says, so we don't look at our troubles that we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see, uh, they last forever. So that's, it gives me great hope to know that whatever I'm facing, it's going to pass. And whatever you're facing, I, I, listen, I don't know how long this pandemic's going to go. I was thinking it would have been, I, I was expecting it to be over back in June. <laughs> and here it is, we're still in it. We're still dealing with it. And it's went longer than any of us have wanted to, but it's finally going to pass. Here's the second thing. Why should I have hope? Well, I can have hope because God says this, that my difficulties can develop maturity. God says that my difficulties are designed to develop maturity. I noticed something. People with hope can get through anything because especially when they know there's a purpose in it. And God says there's a purpose for your problems and for our problems. They're actually good for us. 
whether we like it or not. They may not be good at the time, but they're good for us. Here in James, this is the voice uh, uh, translation says it like this. Don't run from tests and hardships. As difficult as they are, you'll ultimately find joy in them if you embrace them. Your faith will blossom under pressure and teach you true patience as you endure. The true patience brought on by endurance will equip you to complete the long journey and cross the finish line. And look at the condition at the finish line. Mature, complete, and wanting nothing. I know right now, uh, you may not feel like your faith is blossoming. huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah, in fact, you, you may feel right now, I'm just tired. I'm just tired of what's all that's happening. When's it going to stop? And I want to encourage you, like James is saying here, don't run from it. Don't quit. Don't give up. Now, don't, don't run from this opportunity because it's an opportunity to grow. And the trials that you're experiencing right now, listen, they're designed to help you. They're designed, they can crush you if you want them to. They can destroy you if you want them to. But God wants them to develop you, to mature you. And I believe this. I believe God is getting you and I ready for something great. And, and there's just some good lessons that you and I can only learn <clears throat> from uh, going through a trial. I was listening to someone on Facebook this morning. Uh, I don't know how Facebook knows I'm working on stuff, but uh, it really f- resonated with me. And there's this fellow talking about he was going through a tornado. He was in a boat at a dock going through a tornado. And the tornado just, he said he could hear a freight train. And as he looked out the window, he saw another boat that was on a dock a little further away from him, and it was upside down. And so he calls them, and wind is blowing everywhere. And he calls them and says, are you okay? He goes, yeah, we're fine. We're just upside down. And he's, he says as he's looking out the window, his, his, uh, his, his uh, attention deficit disorder started kicking in. He goes, he goes, I didn't realize I was in danger. I go, yeah, that looks kind of cool. Stuff flying everywhere, and it was crazy. And then after it's over... Of course, he survives it. And he said this. He said, if I knew I was going to live through it, I would have enjoyed it more. Hmm? If I had known I was going to survive this, I would have not worried so much. I would have tried to enjoy it more. James says, consider it a joy when you face trials. Why? Because you're going to get through it. You're going you're to survive it. You're going to live through it, and you're going to grow by it, too. That's, that's cool. A Christian can have hope. Not only that the problem is going to be temporary, even if it lasts longer than we want, it's temporary, but God can use it to help me grow. See, I believe you and I are, are going to look back sometime. We're going to realize after all this pandemic and and, and, the, and the politics and a lot of things, we're going we're gonna to look back and go, you know, uh, I've grown. I've changed from some of this. Well, God, I, and I believe that's true. But, you know, God wants you to look at it now and look ahead with that joy, not to wait till you're through it, but to anticipate the good that he can do when it's bad. So let's see. Hope comes from, I can get hope because God promises and He says that trials and hardships 
they're, they're temporary. I can learn from them too. I can grow. He's designed them in such a way I can grow from them. Here's the third one. Because God says, my future is in His hands. You know, I, I was reading Psalms 31, and if you get a chance, just read through the whole psalm. David is going through a tough time. A lot of people are, are uh, coming at him. His enemies are on his heels. He's running for his life. And I read this uh, in a commentary. I thought it was a great sentence. It said, David is on the road of anguish, but on the same road, he finds assurance. Ah. Let me give you some verses out of Psalms 31. Here's verse 1. It goes, Lord, I have hoped in thee. Now, the other translations say, I've put my trust in you. O Lord, you are my refuge. One of the loosey-goosey ones say, Lord, you're my safe cave to run, to run into. And so it's this idea that David is saying, he starts off this psalm by simply saying, Lord, I run to you. I, I expect you to help me. I expect you to protect me. I'm putting all my eggs in your basket. My hope is in you. And then in verse 15, as he describes, before he describes all this stuff going on, verse 15 says it this way. Then he says, my future is in your hands. Almost, as, almost like it's like David is saying, Lord, I put my hope in you. And then he starts describing all the things that happened to him. And he's beginning to get a little concerned. <laughs> and then, he's, then he snaps back. Goes, but my future is in your hands. His hope comes back and kind of, kind of resets what his circumstances really are like. I want you to know this morning, I know COVID-19 has infected, I believe it's infected our minds with lots of uncertainty and insecurity. I mean, no one really knows how this virus works. Have you noticed that? There is an article. You can find an article that says, well, it causes this. And then another article that says, no, that's not true. And then another article that says that second article is not true either. I don't think anybody really knows how this thing works. We're, they're trying their best to figure it out. And, and because of all this, uh, it leaves me sometimes, and I'm sure it leaves you sometimes, unsure of what's going to happen. I mean, look at, the, look at how it's changed so much, so many things. Um, you know, the workplace. You know, today I was at the shop, and, um, we're, you know, we have signs. You've got to wear a mask. And people wearing masks coming in. We go to Walmart. We put on a mask. We go to a restaurant. We put on a mask. And then we sit down and then we take it off so we can eat. Then we put it back on and we leave. I mean, we, we can't shop like we used to or in a, what we would consider the normal way. Uh, eating out, sporting events. Um, everything just seems to be school. Look at school. I, I, I really feel for teachers you know, like you, Kim, and, and uh, Gina and you know, Cassie. How do you deal with this? I mean, it's got to drive you crazy. I'm watching my grandkids putting on a mask, going to school, wearing it all day. Zoom meetings. I mean, COVID is, you, you look at uh, what's going to happen to our nation. The political unrest that we're even facing during this pandemic. And even the church, even around here, trying to figure out how can we meet together and should we meet together and what precautions should we take and, and what's go how long is this going to go and how long should we do it like that? I've heard this and I've said it. You've said it. We've said it during this pandemic many times. I can't wait for things to get back to normal. And then I got to thinking, what if they don't? What if they don't get back to normal? 
I mean, things I don't think are going to go back to normal when you think about it. This pandemic has changed, I think, life for good in so many ways. And the thing is, I got to ask myself, can I, is there any way to live securely without knowing how it's going to play out? Is there any, because I don't know how this is going to play out and neither do you, but is there any way I can have some kind of sense of security and, and, and be steady? And I'm telling you this morning, you can. Because God says He holds your future. David recognized it. And I was reading all these passages. He measures the oceans in the hollow of His hand. He holds, He's got the whole world in His hands. Huh? Yeah, it's true. He has the world. He's got you and me, brother. You and me, sister. They're in the hollow. We're in the hollow of His hands. And because of that, our future is in His hands too. And that gives me great hope. I hope it does for you. Here's what Isaiah says. God is speaking through Isaiah. And here's what God says. Only I can tell you the future before it happens. Everything, listen to this, everything I plan will come to pass. For I do whatever I wish. Sounds like God's in control, doesn't it? I mean, who else can say that? Can you say that? Everything I plan will happen. I can't say that. You can't say that. Even people that we place our lives in their hands, like a doctor, he can't say, everything I do, everything I say is going to come to pass. A pilot, we're going to go from this location to that location. And you and I, we get in an airplane, we get in a jet, and we put our lives in literally in his hands. I don't know if you've been on a few flights, but there's been a couple times I thought we were going to be dropped. <laughs> I had somebody the other day, a couple years ago, I'll say it that way, a couple years ago they went, uh, we were going to church camp. They said, we're taking about four vans down to church camp. And, and this was a parent. He said, oh, that's great. Who's driving? What? Who's driving? Why are you asking that? You know why. I'm about to put my child in that person's hands. And it was amazing the reactions I get depending on who I said was driving. Can we pick another van? Or they'd say, sure, that'd be great. You see, I'm learning something. I'm, my future is only as secure as the one who holds the future. Look what David, look what David says here. He says, into your hand I entrust my life. He says, you will rescue me. This is Psalms 31. Still Psalms 31. Oh, Lord, the faithful God. What's he saying? Because, Lord, I don't know what the future holds, but I know you hold the future. And right now, what I'm going through, he's saying, I may have a lot of questions, but that's okay. I believe you're faithful. I believe you'll come through. I believe you know what's best for me. So here, here is my life. Here's my hope. Here's the last, last reason I can have hope. Here's what God says. Because God promises to reward me one day. You know, when you place your trust in God, when you place your hope in God, and you persevere and you stay faithful, He promises to reward that faithfulness. I just want to read some scriptures to you. 
How about we do that? I'll try not to comment. Let's read them. Be encouraged. Here's in James 1. Happy are those who remain faithful under trials, because when they succeed in passing such a test, they'll receive as their reward the life which God has promised to those who love Him. Here's what Peter says. God is so good, and by raising Jesus from death, He has given us new life and a hope that lives on. God has something stored up for you in heaven where it will never decay or be ruined or disappear. You have faith in God whose power will protect you until the last day. Then, when? Last day. Then He'll save you just as He always planned to do. On that day, when's that day? That one day. What's that one day? Last day. You'll be glad even if you have to go through many hard trials for a while. Your faith will be like gold that has been tested in the fire. And these trials will prove that your faith is worth much more than gold that can be destroyed. They will show... What's they? The trials. The process will show that you will be given praise and honor and glory when Jesus Christ returns. Paul says this in Romans 8, I don't think there are any, there's any comparison between the present hard times and the coming good times. I want to encourage you to have hope in God. Don't give up. Keep trusting Him. Keep hoping because it's worth it and He will reward you. So let me ask you this morning, do you have hope? After hearing some of these, I hope you do. Some of these reasons... But let me ask you, where is your hope today? Where would you say it's coming from? Where are you looking for hope to come from? Our government? A person? A bank account? Let me tell you, these all will fail you. They'll fail you in some way. They're not going to give you the hope that comes from, comes from the Lord. Like it says in Job, one of the most saddest passages, i got to admit, what a tough passage. And this is one of Job's friends that says this. It's a true statement. Those who forget God have no hope. Let me ask you, have you gotten away from God? Oh, I'm a Christian. Are you serious? Well, I, I believe in God. Well, yeah, demons believe that and tremble. I'm asking, are you a disciple? Do you really follow her? If you're not following the Lord, there's no reason to have hope. And I would suggest to you, and I would strongly encourage you, if, if you have gotten away from the Lord, rededicate your life, recommit your life today. Because here's what happens when you put your hope in the Lord. Look what the Bible says here. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. When I put my hope in God, He renews me. He renews you. He refreshes your faith, refreshes your outlook, rebuilds your confidence, restores your joy, recalibrates your direction and what you do in your priorities. He renews, makes you a new person. So let me encourage you during this pandemic. We don't know when it's going to be over during this time. You keep, keep hoping. 
God will take care of you. Keep hoping because the problems we're facing are only temporary. They have a shelf life. They have an expiration date. They're, they're there to develop you and I. Have hope because God has your future. He holds the future. And He promises to reward you. We're going to get through this. God's going to help us through this. And may God bless you as we go through times like this with joy and hope. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Father, it's your word. Because of what we know, we can have hope. And Father, I know that there's times when I feel hopeless and it's largely because I'm clueless to what you've said or I've forgotten what you've said. And Father, we pray this morning for those of us here that, you know, that have a hard time right now having hope that you'll restore and refresh our hope this morning. Father, we know you're going through a nationwide reset. You're going to use all this to kind of reset and kind of redirect us in the right direction. Father, we pray that uh, we will listen to you will be sensitive to your Holy Spirit, to your word, and to your nudges. Help us place our hope, our trust, our dependence on you. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.